We're going to be in Colossians 2. We've been going through Colossians. Uh, last week, Spencer uh, started out our Colossians series talking about chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, and Paul's prayer for the people of Colossae. And uh, it, was, it was awesome, and just seeing what God's desire for them to be uh, built up and to grow in the knowledge of Christ uh, in wisdom and understanding, and uh, it was amazing. We're going to continue. Now we're going to be in chapter, chapter 2. Before we get into that, I just got to clear up some things, okay, because there's been a, a lot of, when I talk to some students, a little bit of confusion that's been going on. Uh, if you don't know, my wife Meredith is pregnant, okay, and we're so excited that she's due January 1, going to be New Year's baby, okay, but there's been a lot of talk that Meredith is having twins, okay, it's been this big rumor and all this stuff, okay, let me just clear this up, she's not having twins, okay, I'm sorry, you all went to like excited, like, ah, boo, okay, I didn't mean to like be a Debbie Downer, but... But there's all this talk that she's having twins. She's not having twins, all right? She's having one baby. Hopefully, you never know. We might get there to, you know, January 1 and, you know, two come out. You never know. Maybe it'll multiply. That'd be awesome. You could pray that that would happen. Or maybe pray for those of you that have kids already. Probably pray that that won't happen, (laughs) okay? Because that would be a lot to handle. Uh, But, and also, there's been this confusion that we're going to name our kid after you, okay? That's, all right, that's not going to happen. We can't name our kid after every single one of you guys. It'd be a really, really long name, okay? And our kid's a boy, and so some of you girls are like, name your kid after me? Like, it's it's, it's a confusing world, okay? We're not going to do that. So anyways, I just thought I needed to clear that up, uh, because people, you guys keep asking me, okay? So... Don't keep asking if there's twins. If there's twins and they multiply, I will let you know. Trust me, because that will be amazing, okay? Uh, that, <laughs> that really would be amazing. But in Colossians, I was thinking about this and how you guys are confused, but the Colossian people in Colossians are confused about so many things, and that's one of the reasons why Paul is here writing to them, because they're confused, And they have these other people coming in and telling them all these different things that are maybe different than what Paul told them. And people that have tweaked and twisted the gospel and what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. What it means to have your identity in Christ. And these people in Colossae, man, they were having a a trouble finding joy, finding contentment. They were discouraged. They were struggling with sin. And Paul brings the people here in this letter, he points them back to the basics. He points them back to the basics of faith. And so many times we can get, make something that is, should be so simple and want to add on to it to make it more complicated because we want to be more a part of the equation, if you will. But Paul's bringing them back. Just like in sports, for most athletes, even professional athletes, when they have a problem with their sport, problem with their swing, problem with their throw, most of the time, most of the time, it's something that's a foundational that they need to go back to the basics and relearn or re-remember a, a basic thing. And it's the same for us in our faith. So many times we get so comfortable that we think we, that we have it all figured out, but then we miss some of the most basic things. So this evening, I want you not just to tune out like, oh, I've heard this before. Because there may be something in your life that, man, you don't have the proper foundation, the proper fundamentals 
of what it really means to be a Christian. It may be affecting what it was affecting in the people in Colossae. It was affecting their joy. It was affecting their, them being content. It was affecting that their, uh, really their, their being discouraged. And it affected the way that they related to each other and that they related to Christ, most importantly, where their identity lied. I want to pray for us real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we can dive into Colossians 2. Thank you, uh, Lord, for giving us your word. I pray, God, that you would change our hearts and your minds. God, I pray that you would speak through us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. Show us, Lord, a greater picture of who you are and who we are in light of you. We need you now, in Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot of confusion then, back then, 2,000 years ago, and even today, when it comes to, man, what does Christianity mean? What does it look like to be a Christian? Basics of what it means. And there's some confusion, because a lot of people see Christianity, believers and non-believers will see Christianity and say, okay, in order to be a Christian, I have to do this, this, and this. I have to go to church. Okay, man, if I'm going to be a Christian, I need to go to the church. If, uh, man, I'm a Christian, that means I need to pray. That means that I read my Bible. That means that I'm nice to people. That means that, man, if I'm a Christian, then I need to get baptized. All right, and, and we see all the do's. And so we look at, uh, man, I need to do this and this. And or, being a Christian means doing these different things. Doing and do not do all these different stuff. But I want us to read in... Colossians 2, we're going to start in verse 6. Start in verse 6, and it says, Therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Okay, and then verse 7, it says, Walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. We're just going to camp out on these couple verses real quick, okay? So it says, as you've received Christ, now this is talking to believers, people that have received Christ, that have received salvation. If you have received that, then walk in him. And it also doesn't tell us to walk, all right? It tells us what to do. It tells us how to do that. It says, walk, and walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Uh, that's important because if you look as you've received Christ, it doesn't say be built up, be established, be rooted in order that you can receive Christ. No, it says if you have received Christ, then these things will flow from it. If you have truly received Christ, then you will walk in him. And you will be built up, you'll be established, you'll be rooted in Christ. A lot of times people, by what they see Christians do, and even them doing sometimes, they get confused that, man, in order to be Christian, I had to do these things. No, but because we are Christians, that's when we do different things. I want to look at what some of these mean this evening. Uh... You know, so many times people will get saved, which is awesome. They'll receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They'll they'll get baptized, but then they'll just stop. Okay, I got it. I got Jesus. 
This is done. And they'll leave Jesus, so to speak, there in the baptism pool or there at the altar, and they never actually take Jesus, receive him, and then walk him out. When I was, uh, when I was your all's age, I loved going to the mall, okay? Not because I loved to shop, okay? But there's these cool stores, and there's this really cool skate shop, okay? There's the skate shop, and they had all these cool different shoes and skateboards and backpacks. And I wasn't even a skater, all right? I didn't even skate. But I thought that this whole skating thing was kind of cool. It was pretty hip back then, all right? And I wore, like, Fox racing shirts and that sort of thing. But I remember there's this really cool board, like a skateboard. I don't even skate, but there's this cool skateboard. Every time I would go to the mall, I would go into the skateboard shop, and I would look at this skateboard. I'm like, man, this is an awesome skateboard. This is like, if I was a skater, this is the board that I would have. And it has all this cool stuff on it. Like, man, like, I would love to skate with this thing. But so every time I would go, I would go and see this board. I'd look at it. Man, I knew what it looked like. I knew how much it cost. I knew just about everything about this, this uh, skateboard. I'd look at it and I knew it. But then I never actually bought it. I just would leave and go home. And I think a lot of times that's sometimes what we as Christians can do. We come to church when we see it, we desire God. We know God. We know so much about him. We look at him like, that's awesome. We know what it costs to follow Christ, but we're unwilling to actually take Christ personally into our lives and take it home with us, to take Christ home to everywhere we go. We just leave it here. We leave Christ because we're unwilling to, t- to pay the price, because we know in order to truly have Christ, man, we have to give up everything, and you do. You give up all your junk. You give up your entire self. Let's look at that a little more, what that means. I want to look a little more what it means to receive. When we receive Jesus Christ, there's says, if you have received, verse six, if you have received Jesus Christ, all right, that doesn't mean I've received Jesus Christ to take away my guilt, to take away my shame, and then, you know, so I don't have to go to hell, so maybe I don't hurt people anymore, all right, and then just leave it there. No, there's so much more. Jesus Christ desires for us to have a relationship and to receive him for so much more. It just doesn't stop there at that point. What does it mean to receive then, to receive Jesus Christ? Again, around that same time in my life, uh, there was homecoming going on. Anyone going through homecoming right now or the next couple weeks? So you guys, you guys are a bunch of liars. You're like, come on, raise your hand. I see so many posts out there. You guys are like asking people through these clever ways. You guys are so creative. I'm like, man, I wish I were that creative when I was that age. But we had this thing called Spirit Week. You guys have that? All right, where you dress up, different stuff. Or we had like Cowboy and Indian Day. We had like... You guys have Go Texan Day, but we had America Day, all right? Hoorah, Go America. And there's this one day we had, it was uh, Duct Tape Day, all right? Do you guys have Duct Tape Day? Call yourselves Texans, all right? Whatever. So we had Duct Tape Day. And I think you probably don't have any more because they banned it for so many different reasons. We'd haze people and like duct tape them to the lockers and stuff like that. It was great. But... So we would duct tape everything, and I always got so into 
these, uh, these weeks and all these, these different things are like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win the prize. I don't even know. I got like a spirit mop or something. But so I had this shirt, this t-shirt, and I duct taped the whole thing except for it had like the letters of my school in it, okay? And somehow I got that thing on, all right? And I wore it. But then once I got that whole, it was like completely duct taped. I got that shirt on. I could not get it off. I promise you. I couldn't get it off. I'm like, man, this thing is getting a little tight, like getting sweaty. Like, try to pull it off. I, it would not. It's like stuck to me. So I'm like walking around like this at school, like, hey guys, like, check them out. They're like, whoa. And that shirt was glued to me like duct tape. I might as well just duct taped it to me like bare skin because that thing was not coming off. And everywhere I went, that garment went with me. And it was awesome. I actually won the spirit mop or whatever that day because I, I had duct tape everywhere, okay? But especially this shirt. People were like, oh, John, cool shirt, man, that's awesome. And everywhere I went, people recognized, okay, this garment that was a part of me, that I went everywhere I went. And when we receive Christ, it's very similar to that. It just doesn't stay here at church. It just doesn't stay with us at home. It just doesn't stay when we go through a really tough situation. It goes with us everywhere. Christ goes with us everywhere because we put him on. We put his identity onto us. And then he goes with us everywhere. And he affects everything that we do. And wherever we go, we're all about him. He should be the loudest part of who we are. Because everything that we do and say should reflect and come out of our identity from Christ. It's like a garment. And when we receive Christ, we're taking on his identity. We're taking on his perfection, his righteousness. God was perfect, and all of a sudden, when God sees us, he sees us as perfect. So there's nothing else to add on to it, because we've already received 100% of Christ. Once we've received Christ, like, okay, now I'm living life for God, there's nothing else to add on. There's nothing that we can add on to it at all, of us being good or good enough to, to be a good Christian. Now, it's interesting, uh, you know, I... I had a bud that I gave a really hard time who loved Jordans, okay? Anyone like Jordans, like the shoes? I love Jordans too, okay? Except I never had a pair because I couldn't afford them because I was a poor kid. But I love them. I thought they were awesome. But I had this friend who was like getting all into basketball. He'd watch all the basketball stuff. Like he was always watching the teams. Uh, his favorite player was Michael Jordan, okay? Mine was Michael Jordan too, but he was like, I need these Jordans, okay? Because I'm going to start getting onto this, this whole basketball thing. I'm going to try out for the team. And so he talked about buying these Jordans for like months. He saved up for them. I think he finally got them for his birthday, okay? Finally, he got them, what he desired. But then <laughs> he never wore them. I was like the only one that knew that he got them. All right, he never wore them at all. And he never played basketball. Not once. He's like, uh, now that I have them, okay, I kind of have them now, it's, that's done with. But we can do the same thing with Christ sometimes. Where, man, we know that's what we need. We know that's what we desire. But once we receive Christ, okay, we're good. Now we can go on with our own desires. Now we can go on with our own lives and do what we want to do instead of walking out our identity in Christ. Verse 7, and we want to look at that again. So now that we have Christ's identity, then we walk and we live out our identity in Christ. 
And one of the ways that we do that, verse 7, is that we're rooted and built up in Him. Rooted just means basically being firmly planted. Our foundation is the identity of Jesus Christ. It's nothing about us. It's all Jesus Christ. He is our source and our foundation. And then we are built up. Once we have the foundation, we don't build ourselves up by, okay, now I'm going to do these good things. No, what builds us up isn't ourselves. What builds us up is Jesus Christ. You notice here all these uh, ends. I in. Walk in Christ. Built up in Christ. So once we have the foundation in Christ, then we're built up by Christ still. He's still the one that builds us up, that makes us better, because once we receive Christ, we're not perfect. We still have this flesh that wants to do what it wants to do, but God wants to continue to grow us to be more like him. That's his desire, to make us more like Jesus. And so Jesus, he's the one that we're built on, that we're centered on, that we're grounded on, and then we're established in him. But if we don't know our identity, if we don't know the garment that we wear, then we can't grow in it. And we can't grow in it. So once we receive Christ, then we act out living for Christ, walking in Him. And it's based on the energy from Christ. We keep going on because of Christ. We keep going on for Christ. We keep going on for Christ because of Christ. You notice the trend going on? (laughs) There's nothing about Christianity that has to do with us. What makes us a Christian, what makes us a follower of Christ, which, what enables us to walk and live out the Christian faith, living for God, is nothing about us. It's all in Christ, and it's us relying on Christ. He, he, there's everything we need is all in Christ. We're Christians not because of what we do, but we're Christians because of Jesus. That's it. The only reason we're able to be a Christ follower isn't because, oh, you know, God saved us, but then, then we did stuff. No, the only reason we're able to be a Christ follower is because of Jesus. That's it. It's simple. It's all, all Him. And then you look in verse 7, continuing, it says, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Why would we abound in thanksgiving? All of that should be wrapped up in thanksgiving. Why would we be thankful? Because everything, again, is from Jesus. There's nothing to do with us. There's nothing at all. So we're thankful for that because there's nothing that we can do. Even if we try to do it, it's rubbish. It means nothing. Because if you look down in verse 13, it says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. And so, man, we're able to be thankful because that's the last thing that we deserve is to have our identity based upon a perfect, loving, awesome, righteous God. And when we do that, when we're able to walk in Him, because we've received Him, 
so we walk in that our new identity, then we're able to be firmly planted and rooted in who he is. And when we're firmly planted and rooted in him, because we're growing in the knowledge of who he is, when we grow in the knowledge of who he is, we're able to see more identity because we put him on, then we're able to continue to be built up, to be like him, to be made like him. And then we'll be established in our faith. And then when we get it, we see the big picture like, God, you're awesome. And then it continues to allow us to walk forward because we realize it's not us that's walking forward. So many times people, Christians, are discouraged in their faith because they think that it relies on them. And they struggle and they keep falling into sin. And they realize, they think that it's based upon, oh, I need to do this X, Y, and Z. And then I didn't do X, Y, and Z perfect, so then they get discouraged because they don't realize that they're being built up and made more like Christ because of and for and from Jesus Christ and only Him. John MacArthur says this amazing quote, he says, Jesus Christ plus nothing equals everything. Catch that? Jesus Christ plus Ourselves, plus what we do, plus going to church, plus being a good person, plus not doing this, not doing this. No, Jesus Christ plus nothing at all equals everything. All that matters, all that we should ever pursue, all that we should ever be, all that we should ever look to. Jesus is everything. Jesus isn't just when we come to church. Jesus isn't just when our grandma's about to die, our family's about to get, our parents are about to get divorced, or when something bad happens. Jesus absolutely is for those things, but he's also for the ordinary, every single day moment that we go through. Jesus wants to be our everything. He wants to be it all. Every breath that we take, every step we take, every thought we think, everything we speak, Jesus wants to be everything. And if we've truly received him, we're going to continue to grow in that. That, Jesus, you're awesome. Man, thank you so much that you gave me your perfect identity because I know that I can never be perfect. Help me to walk that out. Jesus Christ is everything. And if you look at Colossians 2, verses 14, it talks about how Jesus can forgive us of our trespasses. It says, he does that by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. The, that's the do's and the don'ts. You can't be a good person unless you do this or do that. I'm not saying Christians don't do good things, but we don't do good things to be a good Christian. We do good things, man, because Jesus is our everything. Because we've received him. And then we walk in that. And then it just overflows from who we are. And then it becomes contagious. And we encourage you guys all the time, like, hey, we need to share your faith. You need to invite people to come to church so that they can hear the good news. And so many of you struggle with that. So many of you struggle, and I get it. Because I truly believe that one of the reasons you struggle with that is because Christ is not your everything. You're not walking in him. Everywhere you go, Christ isn't there. You leave him in certain places, and you hide him. And when people see that Christ isn't your everything, it's like, man, that's awkward. I don't want to do that. But when Christ is your everything, he goes with you like a garment, and you can't help, people can't help but see it. You can't help but want people to know Jesus. Because, why? Because Jesus is everything. And if Jesus is everything, man, then you want Jesus to be everything to everyone else. But unless we really know what we've received, and we can't 
truly walk it out, which Christ desires for us to see Jesus impact every single area of our lives. For some of you tonight, man, you may be hearing this passage, and this is a simple passage, but so, it, this can be so encouraging for us. Those of us that have truly received Christ, an encouragement and a challenge, man, we need to walk it out and continue to grow, not relying on ourselves. And sometimes that's so hard because circumstances sometimes can be so difficult. But man, God loves us and he wants to be there with us. And if he's truly our foundation and we rest and rely on him no matter what happens, man, God's going to build us up to be more like him. And we'll experience how awesome Jesus is in every breath that we take. And maybe tonight you're hearing this and you're like, man, I don't even know if I've received Christ. Maybe I thought I have and I, I just wanted Jesus maybe to take away guilt and all that stuff, but I, I'm not walking in him. If you truly receive Christ, man, you're going to walk in him. You're going to be living out his identity. Or maybe you're here tonight and you, rece- you realize you've never received Christ. Maybe you didn't know that Jesus wants to give you his very self. Maybe you, didn't, you came here tonight and you didn't realize that if you've never received Christ that you are an enemy of God. Like, I thought God loves us. Yeah, he does. But if you've sinned and you've done wrong, guess what? He's a perfect God. He can have nothing to do with that. And you are an enemy of his. An enemy. And because of that, man, you can't have this relationship with God and he has to judge you in eternal wrath in hell. I'm not trying to scare you into receiving Christ, but man, you're an enemy of God if you haven't received him. And God does love you. He loved you enough that he sent his perfect self. Because in order to have a relationship with God, which is why God created you, you have to be perfect like he is perfect. But we can't be perfect because we're dead. Just like verse 13, we are dead. There's, when you're dead, there's nothing that you can do to make yourself alive. But Jesus wants to make us alive to be like him so we can be with him. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ down to earth to live a perfect life and to die on the cross. And what he's doing when he's dying on the cross is he's taking your place. What you deserve, the punishment, the wrath that you deserve because you're an enemy of God, because you've rebelled against him, because you've wronged him. He's taking that perfect holy God is saying, I did that. And when that happens, man, there's this transaction that's able to take place. And Jesus gives us himself. When we give our junk and our sin, say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And he takes it and he pays for it. 100% is gone. And then we receive his perfect self. And maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never truly given yourself to Christ. But man, he wants to receive you so that you can receive his perfect self because he is everything. He is the only thing that matters.